0: Well, good morning, morning. morning. and happy New Year. Year. It's only a couple days away, isn't that wild? Is everyone set for 2020? Two of you—that's good. That's good. (laughs) Um, I don't know how many of you uh, are planners like I am, but uh, I love to plan way far in advance. In fact, I like to plan an entire year in advance. And so, for the last several weeks. I've been planning out all of 2020, and uh, so I have all of my preaching schedule planned, my vacations, meetings, everything that I need to do to chart out this next year. Uh, It's a little bit of my OCD, you could say. And uh, when I first got married 11 years ago, this used to drive my wife crazy, right? She's like, why can't you just ever live in the moment? Why can't we just plan a spontaneous vacation one time? And I just don't think I have it within me. I just don't think I can do it. Um, And now, after being married this long, I asked her actually this Christmas, I said, does it still drive you crazy that I just have to plan everything so far out in advance? You know what she said? She said, I've just learned to love and accept you for how God has created you. (laughs) That was a great response, right? But maybe you're like me, maybe you're wired like me, maybe you're not, uh, where you're always looking ahead. And so often we don't stop to look back, but we're always on to the next thing and the next thing. And, you know, being in church work Sunday comes every single week, so it's always the next service and the next special service and the next program and the next project and the next mountain or hill that we have to climb. And uh, for us here at Shepherd's Gate, we've done this the last uh, several years, where we just said the last Sunday, that Sunday in between Christmas and New Year, should really be a time that we come together as a church, as a community, and we kind of just stop and we take a deep breath before we go on the new year and we take time to pause and look back at what God did in and through this church, what God did in and through our lives, and also to remember those that God took by the hand and ushered them into his presence who now see Jesus face to face. See, it is, it can be so easy for us just to keep moving on and to work at such a, a, a quick pace and always be on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And really, the truth is, no, none of us in here are guaranteed tomorrow. None of us are guaranteed the next day or the next day. And uh, even as you see this slideshow, uh, in a few moments, it, it's, it's heartbreaking to see some of the younger faces Uh, that are in there. Because we all kind of have an idea of when we think we're going to die. Do do you have that? You know, like you say, well, I kind of want to live until I'm this age or that age or this age. Uh, But then when life kind of creeps in, when life has a way of surprising us, and someone in our family, someone in in our circle of influence, whatever that may be, all of a sudden isn't with us anymore. We're forced to stop. We're forced to stop planning ahead. We're forced to actually have to kind of analyze our own lives. And the way that we do that is we actually look back. We don't look forward. We look back and we see where we're at today and what has led us to be where we're at today. And uh, there's a scripture I want to start with this morning found in Psalms. 116, 116 chapter. It says this, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of, of his saints. I'll read it again. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And this is a scripture that's often read at funerals. It's it's a scripture of hope, it's a scripture of comfort in the fact that God never leaves us or forsakes us. And just as we sang about, that that those that we've had in our lives, and maybe your loved one, maybe that wasn't that you lost them uh, this last year. Maybe it's been two years or five years or ten years or twenty years, and you still feel that heaviness. That God promises us that the moment we close our eyes in this life and we open them in the next, that he is there each and every moment. That he's the one that grabs us by the hand and ultimately ushers us into eternity with him where we get to see him face to face. That's his promise for you and me through faith in his son Jesus. The difficulty as I said is when those times in life happen when we least expect it. Those times when it doesn't make sense and we ask the questions, well why God and where were you and why is this happening to this family or why did this tragedy have to happen to this community? I can tell you a few years ago here at Shepherd's Gate there was a, a family that was had been attending for a while and my wife and I have been part of several small groups, and our small group was getting ready to split so that we could invite more uh, young families to be part of what we consider something very valuable to be part of, small groups. And uh, this one particular family, uh, the husband was around the same age as me, the wife was around the same age as Lisa, and they had three beautiful little kids, just like we had two little kids around the same age. And I... Uh, And so we approached the wife and he said, hey, would you be interested in being in a small group? And she said, yeah, I would love to, but I don't know if my husband would really be that interested in that. And that's usually the case, just so you know, with young families. And so we devised a strategy that I would go and I would invite him. Good strategy, right? So I found out that he likes the Chicago Bears. So I did a little research on the Chicago Bears. And I went up to him and I pretended to know some stuff about the Chicago Bears. And he said, "Hey, uh, I don't know if you would ever be interested in this, but I think it would be really cool if your family was would like to come and, and be part of our small group. We think that'd be a really cool experience uh, for you guys, and we could go and walk through life together, watch our kids grow up together." And uh, he and I said, "You just got to come. You know, we're gonna have a barbecue. Check it out. If you don't like it, that's fine. No, you know, no hard feelings." And so this family ended up coming. He said yes, talked to his wife, and and they ended up coming. And uh, two weeks after they started being part of our small group, he ended up being diagnosed with brain cancer. And you go, you start the conversation then, right? Okay, so why is this happening? He's a young guy. Why should he have to go through something like this? And of course, being young and and being in shape that he was, you know, you you begin to fight it. You begin to have all the doctors and uh, all the medical professionals come around him. And uh, everything that was humanly possible on this earth was given to him and then unfortunately, over the course of the next two years, um, he slowly but surely um, continued to decline until God said, okay, now's the time. I'm going to grab him by the hand, and I'm going to usher him into my presence. And that rocked my world. And it rocked my world because that was me, right? That, I could see myself in, in his shoes with, with, with you know, a, a wife and a young family, and you go, why, God? why them? Why not me? Why isn't this happening to my family? Why isn't it happening to one of the other families that are part of our small groups? And we don't always get the answers to this this side of heaven. And it's not that we can't ask these questions. It's not that we can't struggle. It's not that we can't you know, even at, scream out to God and, and, you know, and, and share those feelings, those deep feelings with God when we go through moments like that. But here's what God does do for us. He gives us his word. And he gives us all of these incredible scriptures in his word for you and I to hold on to, to cling to, as a source of comfort and as a source of hope. And so today we're going to look at a passage of scripture um, that I don't think we've looked at in a long, long time here at Shepherd's Gate. I just believe God has laid on our heart that's going to be a comfort to you if that's you. And I guarantee you every single one of you in here has been affected Uh, in one way, shape, or form, by losing someone that has been close to you. And I just want you to hear from God this morning on this day. And so we're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4. If you want to grab one of the chair Bibles that are in front of you, go ahead and do that. Or there's Bibles, uh, if you're in the front row, they're underneath the seat. If you have your own Bible or if you have a Bible app on your phone, um, if you would go ahead and turn to page 987, and if you're here today and you don't have a Bible, or maybe the Bible you have is difficult to understand, I would just encourage you uh, to take the one that you're holding home with you today. We just believe that would be the greatest gift that we could give you. And uh, 1 Thessalonians is kind of interesting. It was written by a, a guy named Paul who wrote a lot of the letters to churches in the New Testament. And so this is a letter he's writing uh, to a place called Thessalonica. And so he's writing to the Thessalonians. And they're actually a new church, and they're new believers, and so they had all of these questions for Paul. And so Paul, in this letter, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is, is basically answering the questions that they have. And once you know, one of their questions was, what happens when a person dies? And see, they were living in a time of intense persecution, and they literally were fearing for their life as they were converting to Christianity, as they were becoming followers of Jesus uh, there was kind of this fear among them of what really is going to happen and not only what's going to happen to them, but what's going to happen to their family. And so these are the words that God gave Paul to comfort them, and these are the words that God gave Paul to comfort us today. And so starting in verse 13, it says this, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. Now I've got to pause there because the Bible uses the word asleep, especially in our English translations. Now this was written in Greek. Uh, But the word asleep, if you look it up in the original language, is really the grave. That's actually uh, how how it's actually looked at. And so this is actually the grave. Those have already been laid to sleep in the grave. And so I don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. And I really like this, because Paul's not saying, hey, you're a follower of Jesus, and if you're a follower of Jesus, then you should know that, you know, when you die, you're going to go be with Jesus, and so you shouldn't grieve. You should just get over it, right? And how many times uh, do people sometimes say things that maybe they don't realize they're saying? And sometimes they say that, like, are you still grieving the loss of the person that you lost 10 years ago? You should probably get over it. And that's not what anybody ever wants to hear. In fact, this is what it's saying, is that you may grieve all you want, And that grieving is a normal part of being a human being. In fact, Jesus experienced every human feeling and emotion that you and I experience. He knows what it feels like to grieve. He knows what it feels like to grieve the loss of loved ones. But here's the difference. He says it's not that you don't grieve. It's just that you don't grieve with those who have no hope, who haven't been introduced to Jesus, who don't know the hope that they can have in a Savior, which we just got done celebrating This last week. And look at what it says this. This is is the next key part. It says, We believe that Jesus died and rose again. That Jesus died on the cross to defeat sin, yes. To defeat the devil, yes. But also to defeat death. He went to the cross to die for you and for me so that he could defeat death, so that when we do close our eyes in this life and we open the next, we get to see Jesus instantly. There's no delay to God's love for us in his constant working in our lives. And it says, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep, those loved ones that have gone on before us. God has already worked in their lives. God already has his hand upon them. And then what's interesting is we get a little bit more detail about how this is all going to work out. See, one day Jesus is going to come back to this earth. One day he's going to come back and all of the pain, all of the suffering, all of the hardships that this earth has caused over so many years is all going to come to an end. And we get kind of a little glimpse. God gave uh, Paul the words to this. This is what it says. He says this, for we declare to you by a word from the Lord. This means God gave us these words to encourage you that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. I mean, this is a huge announcement, right? Bring out the trumpet players. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Some of you might be wondering, okay, what's going on here? If I, if, if I die and I close my eyes and I open them up and I'm with Jesus, then why does my body need to rise from the dead? And here's what we know from this scripture, here's what we know from other scriptures in the Bible, this is what we believe to be true, that yes, when you die, there is a separation of body and soul. And the body goes into the ground and the soul instantly goes and is with Jesus in heaven. But one day Jesus is going to come back. And when he comes back and all of these things take place, that those who are dead that are in the ground are going to rise first. Their bodies are going to be reunited with their souls. Now, this is the part of the Bible a lot of people don't like, right? Because you go, I don't want my body back. (laughs) Thank you for the years of service. Thank you for, you know, the, the, for the opportunity to, you know, sustain me while I was here on earth and do what I needed to do. Why is this in the Bible? What is this all about? And here it is. For you and for me, this is Jesus defeating death for us. This was his ultimate promise. But here's the good news. You get a glorified body. You get a whole new body. And the only way to avoid all of this is just for Jesus to come back in our lifetime, which, wouldn't that be incredible? How many of you like to see Jesus just come back in our life? Then we have to die. And guess what? You don't shed your body. Your body stays with you. And so you have this reunite, uh, reuniting of those who have gone on before as well as us. Uh, if we're still here when Christ comes back, that we would be caught up together in the clouds. All of us together. One huge reunion. You get to see all of your family and your friends again in the air. Which is really kind of awesome, right? Luckily, this happens in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, because some of you might be scared of heights, right? But thankfully, (laughs) God has got that detail covered as well. But here's the key part. We will always be with the Lord. We will always be with the Lord. And we will be with, with the Lord with all of our loved ones as well. Man, that's how much he loves you. And that's how much he loves me. That he knew when he created the world. And that Adam and Eve in the garden would screw it up. That even right from the very beginning, that he knew he was going to have to send Jesus. But again, he knew that we would go through the troubles that we go through and the hardships that we go through. He knew that we would struggle with sin. But yet he never puts us in a situation without providing a way out, and he did that through his son, Jesus Christ. In fact, he loves us so much that he constantly reminds us of these truths over and over again. In fact, right before he was ready to go to the cross, He pulled his disciples in and he gave them these words of comfort. He said this to his disciples. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I'm gonna come again. See it in there? I'm gonna come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. That you may be. Be also forever, and you know the way to where I am going. And believe it or not, it wasn't Peter this time, but it was Thomas who spoke up and said, wait a second, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus says it to them this way, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, what we just got done celebrating Christmas, Jesus is God's one and only son that came into the world for you and for me and that he is constantly drawing us to himself because he loves us. In fact, in a later, in a different portion of scripture in John, Jesus is actually on his way to pay his respects for someone who had already passed away. And the family was actually really angry at Jesus because they didn't feel that he had done enough to save their loved one. In fact, Jesus purposely, even after finding out that this person was, you know, about to pass away, he actually stayed where he was a few more days before he ever got there. And so he has this interaction with these two sisters who aren't very happy with Jesus And this is the interaction Jesus says to them. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me, you're never going to die. That is an incredible promise to you and me. Hey, even though your loved one has passed away, guess what? If they believe in me, they will never die. I have them in the palm of my hand. I have them exactly where I want them. And they're in a place of perfect peace. They're experiencing joys that we can't even imagine because we're not there yet. But the difficulty is we're still here on earth. We're still grieving the loss of people that we love, of people that have influenced our lives, of people that have had a profound impact and an imprint and have done incredible things. But yet God says, hey, Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Then he asked him this question, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Which I think is a question for you and I today. As we close out 2019, think about this. This is the last service of this decade. We are literally getting ready to go into 2020, a whole new decade, a whole new set of adventures await us this next year? And Where are you at with your relationship with the Lord? Do you realize that life is in fact temporary and it's short? And there's so many scriptures that talk about this. Man, we can be here today and gone tomorrow and the only one that knows when that day is going to come is God. But yet somehow he never stops working in our lives. He never stops giving us his peace. He never stops comforting us throughout all of the things that we face in this life. You see, the resurrection of our Lord and the victory we have over death through him, it doesn't just give us hope. It actually gives us a living hope. And we have a living hope because as followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And it's the Holy Spirit that the Bible tells us is a comfort to us. And this is where that peace comes in. And the Bible talks about this peace that passes all understanding. It's a peace that, that our human minds can't even comprehend or explain to other people. We just know that it's there because it's a God that's at work in our lives. And it's God that's gonna continue to work on in our lives until the time comes, when the moment comes, when he takes us by the hand and he ushers us into his presence for eternity. You know, Paul wrote it, This way in Corinthians, he said this. Where, O death, is your victory? And where, O death, is your sting? You see, the sting sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But look at this. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You and I have the victory because Jesus had the victory Our loved ones who who aren't able to be here with us anymore, guess what, they have the victory because Jesus Christ has the victory. He has won the battle for us. We can take comfort in knowing that God is continuing to work in our hearts and our lives. You see, it's by his death we're saved from death. And as we look to the resurrection, it proves that Jesus, in fact, destroyed death. Death for you and for me, for you and for me. And in our main text this morning, this is how Paul actually concludes it. He says this, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encourage each other. Jesus is coming back. And we don't know when that day will be, but I'm here to tell you, Jesus is coming back. In fact, if you look at the way even that Paul wrote this letter to the the church Uh, He actually wrote it using verbs in the present tense. So they actually thought in their lifetime that Jesus was coming back. And did you know that the disciples, when they saw Jesus ascend into heaven, that in their lifetime, they thought Jesus was coming back. And how many of us live with that eternal perspective? That we live with the reality that Jesus in a moment has the ability to come back when God the Father looks at him and gives him the nod and says, go, and he sets this in motion for you and for me. But until that time comes, we wait. We wait and we pray and we hope and we cling to the promises that God has given us in his word, that he is in fact our living hope. Amen? Amen. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you. For everyone that you have brought here this morning. God, for the guests that maybe came with family and friends or maybe there's here, those here this morning that, that were part of our Christmas services and they came back this weekend. God, we know nobody is in this room on accident. but That God, you have assembled us once again in your church, in your house. That we could, re- that we could receive exactly what it is that you want us to receive today. So, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the words of comfort for our loved ones that have gone on before. And, God, we also thank you for the words of comfort for us that are still here on this earth. And we just pray, God, as we now turn the page and in a few days we start a whole new year, a whole new decade, a whole new chapter, that, God, once again, you're going to order our steps that you're going to lead and guide us. And that God, the loved ones that have gone on before us, that they will always continue to be part of our hearts and our lives. And that it's okay to grieve and it's okay to to share the stories and and to talk about the influence that they've had. God, that we continue to carry their memories with us each and every day until one day not only will we see you face to face, but we will be reunited with them in heaven. God, we love you and we thank you for all of the promises that you give us through your Son, Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.